Welcome to Catholic Radio Indy's Lunchtime Podcast Sampler. I'm Kent Blanford. Each week, we'll bring you a sampling of some of the best Catholic podcasts being prepared and shared out there on the internet. This week's first serving from the sampler comes from a co-production of EWTN and SpiritualDirection.com called Divine Intimacy Radio, featuring Dan and Stephanie Burke. This episode is titled Centering Prayer Deception. Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, a co-production of EWTN Radio and SpiritualDirection.com where we provide you with a spiritual haven of rest and explore the riches of the wisdom of the saints and the path to union with God. This is Dan and Stephanie Burke. Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, your radio haven of rest. Your hermitage of the heart. Your monastery of the mind, where we lift our hearts and minds to heaven to draw on the wisdom of the saints to learn how it is that we might navigate this very challenging life that we live yes full of sin and brokenness none of that in our home though no oh no of course <laughs> everybody in this home bilocates right floats around right never sins. halos i mean that, halos halos we've, we've had to actually adjust the lighting in this studio <laughs> <laughs> because of your halo in particular right right, right. right. yeah i don't right. think so so today we want I wanted to talk about um, centering prayer. What's the title of the show, producer? <laughs> centering prayer deception. And um, or maybe centering prayer deception question mark. So where do we stand on this? You don't know. But we'll talk about it and, and uh, explore it. The Stephanie and I, well, before I say that, before we jump in, I want to say this. I am not uh, opposed or judging anyone. We are not by this show at all. Um, our goal is to just put forth the authentic magisterial teaching of the church. Which is so rich and so vast. Right. You could not exhaust all of the resources, but we'll get to that. Right, right. Very well said. Uh, so we're not judging anyone. We're not judging integrity. And in fact, what's interesting, before we dive in, I'll say this. I've had a few people when I've said, they've said, well, I practice centering prayer. And I say, oh, that's interesting. Tell me about that. And then they tell me about an approach to prayer that they use that's orthodox and according to, to Catholic tradition. And what I find is that those who are most uh, closely connected with uh, Father Thomas Keating and the contemplative outreach are the most confused about authentic uh, Christian prayer. So the reason we're talking about this today is because Stephanie and I travel around the country and we do retreats. We're doing divine intimacy and marriage, into the deep on prayer, uh, spiritual warfare and discernment of spirits on that topic. Of course, nights of reflection, nights of reflection, all yeah. kinds of stuff. All we do a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, a lot of been on the road a lot, yeah. we three weeks recently. And so we went to an event and there was a poor soul and we're not judging them or condemning them in any way um, that, I don't know, if you want to describe what happened or you want me to describe it? Well, um, and again, you know, I was working so hard to love this person, and we we have all the books that we carry with us. We have book tables, and 
um, we're setting things up and, you know, we had a couple of our staff members there to help. And um, somebody saw one of the books on the table was walking by and saw it and um, that, that we promote. It was actually one that I think you asked be written to help or maybe not. Okay. No, but I was very supportive of it. Okay. Yeah. Very supportive of it. So anyway, it's one of the books we carry um, in particular because there are people who are confused, you know, and we want to help them come to clarity. And so um, this, the soul walked by and saw the book and said, Oh, that's interesting. Um, and it's a, it's the book is called is centering prayer Catholic question mark, question mark, you know, by Connie Rossini. It doesn't say centering prayer is not Catholic. No, it just says is centering prayer Catholic um, right. by Connie Rossini and um, great book. And so the soul saw it and um, said, oh, that's interesting. Um, I've been praying that for, you know, some 30 odd years and uh, it seems to be making a comeback. And I said, oh, you mean centering prayer? And they said, yes, it seems to be making a comeback. Um, and, and, she, and said, well, that's great, you know, and because it's too complicated to keep being generic here, it, it was a woman, yeah. so that I can use the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. use the pronoun she. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I said, well, I said, that's, you know, this book isn't promoting it. it it's for clarity. It's for teaching. And um, it can often be missed you know, the teaching on it or understanding about what it is and mm -hmm. is it Catholic, is it not Catholic, you know, all these things can be confusing. So I said, we just propose it as education because a lot of people have been exposed to it. And the countenance on her face changed. Mm -hmm. uh, she became agitated, upset, um, and began to get very, uh, I, I would almost use the word aggressive. Yeah, well, because she got it, inches from your face. Well, that was that was a little bit later. Oh, okay, because that's a little maybe bit when later. I kind of walked up. Right, right. And and I said, well, I, I said, you know, you you should consider reading it. I, I said, I think it might be helpful to you. That was it. Mm -hmm. I went about my business. A little bit later, um, after after mass, I saw her and I picked it up along with your book, Into the Deep, the two books. And I said, I'd, I'd love to give these to you as a gift, you know, and I, I just want to give them to you and I hope you would enjoy them. And um, as a as an honest olive branch, just mm -hmm. a gift of love. And she came around the table and became very upset, um, got inches away from my face, told me that she felt, you know, condemned um, and, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years and so on and it's so forth. It's helped me so much and blah, blah, blah. Well, it, was, it wasn't actually that nice. It was very aggressive. Yeah. And I, I stepped back and I said, I said, listen, you know, I love you in Christ. I said, it's an honest gift. And, and I said, there's no condemnation from me. And, and I said, that's not coming from me. So I don't know what's going on, but please, you know, please consider it a gift and take them if you'd like. And, she said, I'll take them and I'm going to read them. And then she did it 180. And she goes, no, I'm not going to take them. And she threw them on the table and then um, walked, off. walked off. And, and I saw that second part. I yeah, think. it was in front of everybody. Yeah. 
And um, praise be to God, I just, I, I was completely at peace. Yeah, you were very kind to her. Um, I prayed for her. I offered up many prayers for her, mm-hmm. um, my rosary later in the day. And anyway, so that's where we are. Yeah, that's um, the story. So why the reason I asked you to tell the story is that I this is not an uncommon reaction when we start talking about centering prayer, which is very interesting. Because when you start talking with somebody about mental prayer and how to pray mental prayer, you never get this reaction. Right. When you talk about authentic Christian prayer, you never get this reaction. But when I have talked about centering prayer in any way that is not complementary, uh, it is without fail, if I'm any, any kind of medium with a large audience, I get attacked pretty aggressively like you did. Mm-hmm. Again, not condemning the people. Because I actually think they have a, des- a desire for God. I know they do because that's the way God designed us. I actually said that to her. Right. I said, your desire to draw near to God in prayer is from Him. Yeah. And it's it's a good thing. It's a beautiful thing. Right. I, right? I, I and I said, all that. this is, is is just clarity on what centering prayer is and, and how to pe- how to keep people you know, solidly in the teaching of the church. And what you got was pretty aggressive. Actually, I've never seen, I don't recall ever seeing anyone being so aggressive toward you. Yeah. I mean, it was weird to have somebody get right in your face. But as I'm saying is, it's very common. What's fascinating about it, and I don't take any joy in saying this, it's common. And I had, uh, I did a piece for the National Catholic Register, which is an amazing uh, uh, news outlet uh, owned by EWTN. And I got attacked, and this was the line, and this is a very common line. I've been praying, you know, centering prayer for 30 years, and it's helped me so much, and you're a bad person, and how dare you, you know. And here's the thing. If it's really authentic, why are the fruits so bad, rotten? Yeah. You know, why does it do such harm to people? And and I my heart breaks for that woman and for people who practice this because— It's so common when we talk about it, it brings this exact fruit over and over again. You had a situation, I don't know, like more than a decade ago now when you were principal of a Catholic school. Oh, that was, that was, same thing. Yeah. Absolutely the same thing. And I think that's, that's the thing that sends up, you know, a red flag about it. Right. Is why people, and and they tend, what I have seen in those that get upset is there's a lot of anxiety right they're locked up tight you know they're wound really really tight and and it's reactive right to to even the possibility that centering prayer is off in some way right um and even if if you're as gentle as possible you know and i've you know you haven't been condemning in what you say you try to teach you try to show clarity and say this is christian prayer this isn't. This is this, non-Christian. This Eastern, is non. Yeah. yeah, you know, to bring clarity to it, but yeah. the vitriol against it to me is a red flag. So, right? so, so that's so we're talking about the experience and the fruit, right? So now let's talk about why that happens. So, as you noted, in in both in in that case at your Catholic school and in this case at the event, both people uh, you could see were very anxiety ridden, both before, during, and after, because I noticed the person who came up to you and they, they didn't, they were seemed very wound very tight and not very happy just in general and kind of a negative. Right. 
But I think what happens is these these folks are hurting, right? They're they're aching for the peace of God mm-hmm. as God designed them for it. Otherwise, they wouldn't have pursued prayer, right? Exactly, right. and that's good in them. And I right. want to honor that in these folks, even the ones that have been hostile toward us. And but what happens is they came on to a method that is inspired by non-Christian Eastern spirituality, right? Which leads. Nowhere. Nowhere. And what did Jesus say about the prayer of non-Christian religions? He said, don't pray that way. Just read it in the Gospels when the disciples asked him to pray. And he said, don't pray like the pagans pray, like the the non-Jews in that, of course, context pray, because of the way that we understand God and is different than them. The way that they communicate in a spiritual way is different than them. So don't pray that way. And he said, don't use vain repetition, Mm -hmm. which is taught in Centering Prayer, which is this, I have this intentionality, and I say this word over and over. It's a mantra. It's Buddhist, basically. Um, And it comes originally from transcendental meditation as well. So why is it that they get agitated? It's because it's not truly drawing them close to God. Because prayer that authentically draws you close to God actually causes peace and the ability to even you know withstand martyr, martyrdom in peace uh, as demonstrated by so many saints rather than total crazy agitation, anger, all of that. So when we get back from the break, we're gonna keep diving into this subject and explore a little more why, what are the issues and how could people um, get out of it and find the right way. So we'll be right back. Okay. Hi, friends. We want to personally invite you to check out all of our upcoming retreats here at Avila. Head over to spiritualdirection.com forward slash events or click on the events tab on the top of spiritualdirection.com and sign up now for one of our powerful mini retreats, setting the captives free or into the deep or divine intimacy in marriage. Now with both live and online options, our mini retreats can be live streamed right into your living room or parish meeting room. Discover why these events sell out time and time again. That's spiritualdirection.com forward slash events register today there is a growing need for well-formed solid spiritual directors in the church today the avila institute in collaboration with heart of christ spiritual direction program offers a certificate in spiritual direction for those who feel called to accompany others in their journey towards god the program is grounded in ignatian and carmelite spirituality based on a catholic worldview and draws on the wisdom of the saints with an emphasis on biblical principles in the new evangelization this program offers both online and on-site classes Discover more and apply today at avala-institute.org. This is Dan and Stephanie Burke. Welcome back to Divine Intimacy Radio, your radio haven of rest. We're talking today about false forms of prayer and destructive forms of prayer, and Centering Prayer is one of those. So before the break, we were talking about experiences we both had with people who get really bent out of shape when we talk about this, and then... But the goodness in them, that's, you know, they want to know God, they get involved in the method. Why is it that people after 20 or 30 years praying this still are very agitated, tense, you know, all of that? And the reason is, is because it's purely psychological uh, uh, at one level, right? Meaning you can bring yourself to a kind of psychological state. And in fact, um, Cardinal Ratzinger, Pope Benedict, wrote a letter to all the bishops of the world called on some aspects of Christian meditation. And it was in 1989, I think. But uh, you can find it out on the web. And in that doc- document, he describes 
how damaging and destructive non-Christian Eastern prayer is and how it only has the psychological effect. That's assuming it doesn't take us into a state of altered consciousness where we're then open to the demonic, which also does happen as well. Right. So the reason a person can be rattled is it doesn't cause a fundamental change to increase Christ in us. Right. Right. Did I, is there a better way of saying that? No, I, I mean, it's just true. Because if, if you're not, if you're speaking past, you know, Christ, um, the person of him, I mean, the whole purpose of prayer mm-hmm. is to bring us to union with God. And it's a person. He's a right. person. Right. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost incarnate. Yeah. And, and we can encounter him. You know, he does draw us near to himself. And if that doesn't fundamentally change us, and increase Christ in us, in the virtues, in a in a in a um, downward spiral of of vice and an increase of virtue. Then there's something wrong, right. you know. If it's not having an effect on how we behave in our day to day to those closest to us and how we handle stressors and whatever. Yeah, and if and if just seeing a book, not reading it not being confronted, only treated with love. Triggers you. Triggers you. That means there's something you need healing. Right. And in fact, uh, with love to those who are struggling with what we're talking about now, if you're feeling that same thing, that's an invitation to healing and to escape this kind of false form, this not kind of, this false form of prayer into authentic prayer. Yeah. Maybe we can take a moment and... Uh, describe what this is. You mentioned you yeah. mentioned a mantra, yeah. And and this woman that got so upset. In fact, both of them mentioned the mantra. Right. Um. There there was another gentleman that I knew years ago. Same thing. Got involved in it. Went completely off the deep end. Uh, left his family. Uh, had affairs. You know. All all while he was praying. Um, right. And and touting in this. Quotes, right? right. You know, touting this method. So, um, what is the the problematic version of centering prayer. What is yeah, the problem? So centering prayer is taught by most most uh, pop mostly popularized by Father Thomas Keating, God rest his soul, and Contemplative Outreach, which is the organization. And essentially, it's this idea that you sit in a certain posture, you breathe in a particular way, and you repeat. You have an intentionality of good towards God, and you repeat a sacred word in quotes, a sacred word. So I, you know, I even took one of these courses. We we had a team that went in and investigated uh, contemplative outreach and their work, and and that's another story which we've actually never written up. But um, essentially, it all sounds orthodox, and they use orthodox language until you get deeper into the organization, it gets further further away from the faith. But I went to a class, even though I we sent folks in to do research, I went to one myself just so I could have a direct experience. And it, uh, to understand it, to, to really understand, understand yeah. and to be and to be you know, fair, you know. So yeah. I sat there. They told us the method: sit, breathe, you know, intentionality. And I asked this question honestly. I'll tell you exactly what happened. I said, "What if the Lord responds to me?" She said, "Set those thoughts aside." Right. Set so that if the aside. Lord speaks to you. Ignore him. Right. So that and they claim that's a relationship. So what would happen if? I came to you and I said, oh, I love you, love you, love you. And your response is? I got laundry to do. 
No, right. Or no, or if you said I love you. Oh, back, oh yeah, of course. Lo- say say right. No, right. Careful. That's getting a little personal. I love you. Yes. I love you too. Love. I love you too. Love. Dan, I said, I love you too. Love. Is there something wrong with you? So have ambulance. you had a mental you're break? Gonna, you're gonna call the ambulance, right? So they right. claim it's personal, but of right. course it's ridiculous because right. it's not personal. The non-Christian niece is obsessed with controlling and managing thoughts. To get to this contemplative state is the is the claim. But right now in our community, we're studying through the the writings of St. Teresa of Avila. And in particular, we're in chapter 12, where she ta- speaks against centering prayer. She doesn't call it that because that's a popular terminology. But she says, for instance, that we should never try to control our thoughts or sim- or simplify our thoughts even. Mm-hmm. She says you should fill your thought hearts and your thoughts, your heart and mind with Jesus, mm-hmm. with thoughts of God. And if he decides to suspend your faculties or draw you to contemplation, that's his business and he does it when he desires. We cannot manufacture it, which is right. what centering prayer claims to be able to do. So she says the intellect ceases to work because God suspends it, taking it upon ourselves, and I'm quoting from uh, page 121 and published by Institute of Carmelite Studies, the book of her life, chapter 12, taking it upon oneself to stop and suspend thought is what I mean should not be done, nor should we cease to work with the intellect. Because otherwise, so she goes on, when the Lord suspends the intellect and causes it to stop, he himself gives it that which holds its attention and makes it marvel. But she said it is prideful and not humble and destructive in this chapter to attempt to manage thoughts in a way that simplifies them. Mm -hmm. So Christian prayer, which is very contrary to what Centering Prayer teaches, is about filling the heart and mind with the beloved. Right. Filling, not emptying, filling. Now, when God decides to suspend, that's up to him. So what does that mean? And and authentic relationship is like this. I love you. I adore you above every living creature. Um, You're the best thing that's happened to me in my life. You know, I want to be a better man because of you. I want to give my, I want to, you know, all of this is really true. In order to do that, I have to learn of you. I have to watch you. I have to see what you like, what you don't like. I have to see, I have to learn your love language and love you in the way that you desire love. I have to know what is meaningful you to you in the way you speak. And I want to also avoid offending you. And I want to be gentle and kind and all of those things. And you also have to listen to me. I have to listen to you. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. So that's what a relationship looks like. Not me picking a word and repeating it over and over. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it, it. It at its essence is what it does is, um, it it ca- it causes like this non relationship, mm-hmm. right? Like like the Lord is like the Lord is some nebulous cloud floating around, and we want to enter into that nebulous cloud rather than meeting the God of love and meeting Him in the person of Christ, right? And receiving Him in the person of the Holy Spirit. Right. Which is so extraordinarily beautiful. And it's heartbreaking yeah. that people see this as a method or, that's going to help them reach holiness. It's deception. Yeah. That's the bottom line. The best book written about it is by Connie Rossini, is Centering Prayer Catholic. And you can find that book at Contemplative Homeschool.com. 
com uh, in her shop area, and she's written a, a few other really good books. And she's totally faithful to the Magisterium. The forward in the book is by Dr. Anthony Lillis, who's one of the best spiritual theologians of our time, if not the best. So back to what uh, the method does and what real prayer is. Real prayer is sitting and absorbing yourself in the other and to re- the doctor of the church on this and John of the Cross say, it's to come to know Jesus and to love him and to fill your heart and mind with Jesus that you might fall in love with him and emulate him. That is the fundamental purpose of prayer. And peace comes because of proximity to God, not as an end, but as a product or or a a result from being with the one you love. Yeah, and the, I mean, the the ideal way, if we've never prayed before, mm-hmm. or if we've gotten ourselves caught up in this, you know, and, and we've realized that we've been focusing on a mantra mm-hmm. and a word and, and that we really don't know the Lord because we're not changing in virtue, we're not getting better. And by the way, ask the person closest to you if you're better um, <laughs> than you were a year before, and you're going to get a, an eye-opening, you know, answer yeah. um, if you're not, following Jesus himself, right. right? So, we can draw near to know him in the scriptures. Right, He is the living word. You know, I was just discussing meditation with someone, and that's the best way to know him, to, you know, in a style of Lexio Divina, to yeah. slowly read the scripture, to fill my heart and mind with his word, with, you know, the way he, um, talks and speaks mm-hmm. and what he says to his people because he's speaking to us in the word that's how we know him mm-hmm. and then we allow that word to ruminate in us and to draw our hearts and minds to him right. and then during that it that time if he breaks through say hello right. say i love you back <laughs> yeah just but let him be with you cry yeah. if he draws you to tears you know rejoice and praise him if he draws you to rejoice and praise you know and and of course in your book into the deep you know you you teach about discovery prayer which is the similar thing of how to meditate on the word and get to know the lord amen so. the um for those who are enjoying this time and watching this live stream if you want to keep going with us we're going to do another show uh, on spiritualdirection.com, uh, out on Facebook. So we'll be out there uh, shortly. We'll also ask answer some questions after the show is over. You said something a minute ago that it's this nebulous thing. And the, the reason is, is because it's a pantheistic form of prayer, which means that... Centering prayer is a pantheist. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the goal is to draw you to, to a state where there is no other, meaning you become the divine or you recognize your 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 you know your yeah. you are the divine and there's no distinction between creature and creator which is always true with theistic uh uh, uh christianity and and judaism mm-hmm. so if you want to learn more uh, purchase is centering prayer catholic we also give free courses out on apostolyva.org on prayer and all of course avila institute i teach a beautiful course called foundations of prayer and union with god Awesome. So great resources. And with that, our time is up. Okay. So until next time, may the God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you whole and entire spirit, soul, and body irreproachable at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. 
learn more about the interior life, visit spiritualdirection.com. Divine Intimacy Radio is a co-production of EWTN Radio and spiritualdirection.com and heard worldwide on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. You're listening to Catholic Radio Indy's Lunchtime Podcast Sampler, and we'll be back with more great podcasts right after this. Right now is a good time to sign up for this year's Catholic Radio Indy Annual Dinner. This year's dinner will be on Tuesday, August 24th at the north side of Ensign Social Club, formerly the Knights of Columbus Hall near 71st and Keystone. Father Vince Lampert, exorcist for the Archdiocese of Indianapolis, will be our speaker. There will be a silent auction, a live auction, some great food, and a chance to meet the staff and board of directors of Catholic Radio Indy. It'll be a great evening. Tickets are $75 per person or $5.50 for a table of eight. You can register online at catholicradioindy.org. There's no charge for priests or vowed religious to attend. We'd love to have a table from every parish in the area. So ask some friends, family, or fellow parishioners. It's a great way to introduce them to Catholic Radio Indy. You can sign up right now at catholicradioindy.org or simply by calling 317-870-8400. Welcome back. You just heard Catholic Radio Indy's GM, Jim Ganley, talking about our annual dinner. At that dinner this year, we'll be presenting the second annual Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Evangelist of the Year Award. Archbishop Sheen set the stage for much of Catholic media in the early days of TV, and a quick search of the internet brings up mountains of his preaching and teaching. I found this one particularly interesting, as someone labeled it, Fulton Sheen predicts 2020. This is the venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Our nation is too full of those that are crying down. Down with the police. Down with the churches. Down with teachers. Down with government. Can you build anything down? You cannot. Certainly time in our nation to change our words. And let's begin now to use the word up. Up from all of this filth, up from this violence, up from this indifference of courts, up, up to the hid battlements of eternity, up, up to God. The new type of violence that's sweeping our country, our schools, our streets, which involves destruction of everything that is in the past. The first characteristic of the new violence of our day is what we will call elitism. Namely, there is a dominant minority that makes a lot of noise and that uses violence to force its will upon others. The revolutionists without a program. They only know what they're against. They do not know what they're for. The kind that are rifle desks, destroy property burn homes, do anything to enforce their will. Satanism is behind it too. This is the third characteristic of it. The world is built on order. There's a plan. So scientists are able to discover the laws of the universe. And in discovering the laws of the universe, men find harmony. This harmony and order had to come from somewhere. It came from God. What is the essence of Satanism? The essence of Satanism is the destruction of that order. 
the order of law, the order of morality, order of religion, the order of ethics, anything that you please. Believe me, fellow Americans, I tell you that before the flood, in the book of Genesis we read, and in the days of Noah, there was violence on the earth. All of the violence that happens in our country is a fever graph. Read it. And it points to a decay in our civilization. How are we going to get out of it? I tell you one thing that we, we have to do. We have to realize maybe why the eagle is our national symbol. The eagle always builds its nest high in the mountain crevices when the young are hatched. The eagle pushes its young over the nest. And they fly down to what to eaglet eyes must seem like sudden death. And just before the young eagle crashes, the mother eagle swoops down from its nest, down to the abyss and catches the young, and then flies up into the sky, swoops from out it again, and repeats the process until the bird has learned to fly. Moses saw that and he wrote, as the eagle stirs among the young, so does God stir among the nations. Maybe God is stirring us, bringing us to the brink of danger. in order that we might begin to examine ourselves and restore the dignity of man and the belief in God. I've got a half hour more to tell you about this subject, but we haven't time, so just bye now, and God love you. That was the venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Considering the fact that he went to his heavenly reward in 1979, his words were almost prophetic. Next up on the sampler, we have an example of the daily offering from thegodminute.org. This episode from Monday, July 26th is entitled Courage. We celebrate today the feast of St. Joachim and Anne, who are the parents of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So we remember them today and their sacrifice and love and support that gave us Mary, that brought us Jesus. And also today on this feast is the wedding anniversary of one of our own team members, Anthony and his wife. And they, from what I understand, chose this very feast to be married, that they might become the kind of parents that Joachim and Anne were. So it's all beautiful as we begin this new week together. Thanks for being with us. I'm Father Ron. This is the God Minute.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips. And my mouth shall declare your praise. Psalm 45 My Friend My heart is full of joy today. You, my dear friend, are the source of this joy. You touched me with love and awakened my sleeping heart to the beauty and fragrance of life around me. God reached out through your friendship and concern to kindle a new fire within me, to fan embers into flames of light and faith. You marched into my jungle of despair and made a path for me to walk on once more. I am so very grateful to God and to you. I pray that God may use me as he has so abundantly used you to transmit joy to the joyless and kindness where it was needed most. And I pray that God may bless you and keep you and use you forever. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 through 8. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. The word of the Lord. Thanks St. Paul talks to us today about courage. This virtue is incredibly important on our journey to heaven. With courage, we do not need to fear difficult things. We don't shy away from what is needed to live the faith, to stand up for what is right, or even, to whatever degree God calls us, to give up our lives out of love. Sometimes there are obstacles that stand in our way of continuing in our race to the finish. Take a moment and think over St. Paul's words. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now think of all the trials that St. Paul had to overcome. Think of his conversion experience. He was a lead persecutor of the Christians until Jesus appeared to him and called him to accept the truth. Think of the impact his conversion would have had on his social standing and his reputation. Think of the difficulty St. Paul had to deal with living amongst the Christians he had been persecuting. Remember, he had assisted at executions of Christians. Think also of the numerous times he was shipwrecked during his mission to evangelize non-believers. Think of all his arrests, beatings, and imprisonments, and finally his martyrdom. 
What are some of the obstacles that stand in your way of becoming the person of virtue and holiness that God created you to be? Or look back. What are some obstacles that, by God's grace, you have courageously conquered to this point in your faith life? When I think about instances of God's grace enabling me to live with virtue, I am reminded of a particular decision I made that really began my career and the next stage in my life. I was working at a parish as director of communications. I was responsible for websites, social media, technology, things like that. I was getting my master's degree in theology at the time, but I was really not sure what I was going to do with it. I just knew that I wanted to learn more about my faith in general, and I really liked the program. Suddenly, just before the academic year began, our youth minister at the parish position became open. We were frantically trying to interview and fill the position with programs beginning in a couple of weeks. I prayed about it and started to get the sense that God was calling me to help more. I was terrified of the position because I had very little experience in leading youth events, ministering to teens, and really teaching the faith. Despite this, I took on the responsibilities, and through God's grace, I was able to muster up the courage to bring order and some effectiveness to the ministry. This one instance of allowing God to inspire me with courage started me on a new path. God moved me into other positions over the next couple of years, but each one led me more and more firmly down my career path. I'm now working on my doctorate in liturgical catechesis. God gives us the grace we need to overcome every obstacle and fear we face. We just need to open ourselves to doing His will, even if we can't see the road ahead. He does, and He knows that the crown of righteousness awaits us. May the name of Jesus be praised, both now and forever. Amen. Where charity and love are, there God is. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, who bestowed on Saints Joachim and Anne the privilege of being the parents of the mother of your Son, 
grant that through the prayers of both of them, we may attain the salvation you have promised to all of us through baptism. We ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. One of the great updates to our God Minute app is the ability for anyone to email any of us on the team. You just go to the team icon on your phone and right there, just scroll down to whoever you want to send an email to. Click and off you go. (laughs) So if it's a really good email, then please send it to me. (laughs) And if it's bad, send it to Father Michael. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But uh, just in case you don't know. Um, That's another beautiful part of the app. So thank you for being with us today, my friends. God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow. You're listening to Catholic Radio Indy's Lunchtime Podcast Sampler. I'm Kent Blanford, and we'll be back with more great podcasts right after this. So, the scan button brought you here. Awesome. We like company. Get to know us. And if you have to leave, come back. You're always welcome. Catholic Radio Indy. There is still time to sign up for our Catholic Radio Annual Dinner. This year's dinner will be on Tuesday, August 24th at the Northside Events and Social Club near 71st in Keystone. Father Vince Lampert, exorcist for the Archdiocese, will be our guest speaker. There'll be a silent auction, a live auction, some great food, and a chance to meet the staff and board members of Catholic Radio. You can sign up right now at catholicradioindy.org or simply by calling us at 317-870-8400. You know, there are a number of podcasts available that offer daily food for the soul. The next offering is from the folks at formed.org. This is their daily reflection from July 21st, presented by Dr. Tim Gray, president of the Augustine Institute. Welcome to our Daily Reflection for this Wednesday, July 21st. And we're going to continue on with our Old Testament reading, the first reading of the Mass today, as we've been going through the book of Exodus. And here we hit a speed bump. Usually the obstacle in the story thus far has generally been Pharaoh, his hard-heartedness. But now we find that Moses is encountering another problem, and it's God's people complaining and grumbling. And so we get their murmuring, their grumbling, their dissenting, complaining as they're in the wilderness. And their patience wears out and their trust for God begins to wear out as well. And so that's what we're going to see. And so we're told over and over again, they grumbled and they complained against Moses and against Aaron. But ultimately, you know, they're complaining against God. 
And you can see this even in their complaint, you know, when they, they basically say, look, would that we had died by our flesh pots in Egypt, where we were comfortable. We had plenty to eat. And notice what this reflects, though, their desire for comfort. Grumbling usually comes out of a complaint because the situation isn't what we want. And so rather than being grateful for what you do have, grumbling becomes the opposite of gratitude. And so one of the things we always have to look at is, can we be like Israel? And this is one of the great insights of the church fathers. As they read the story of Israel, they knew that they were reading their own story, that our own fallen nature, we can be just like Israel, selfish, comfort-seeking, and lacking in faith with God. And then the psalm that we get today, and we'll see this generally this week, the psalm really matches closely with the reading from the book of Exodus that we get every day this week. And so in the psalm we get is from Psalm 78. In verse 18, they tested God in their heart. So that gets to the heart of the problem. The grumbling gets back to testing God. People want God to do what they want. And when God doesn't make things happen the way they want, they begin to put God to the test. You know? And then they demanded the food that they craved. And they spoke against God, saying, Can God spread a table in the wilderness? And of course, the answer will be, he does. In fact, God will make it rain uh, down bread. In fact, it says in verse 29 of Psalm 78, Yet he commanded the skies above, and he rained down on them manna to eat, and gave them the grain of heaven. Man ate the bread of the angels. What a beautiful image. Man ate the bread of angels. Well, if the manna, which of course, manna in Hebrew means, what is it? And so they see this dew of the manna that comes down from heaven that alights upon the ground like a dew falling from heaven. And they say, manna, what is it? What is it? And that becomes the name for it, manna, which literally means, what is it? But then we get the answer. It's from God. It's from heaven. It's supernatural nourishment for their needs. And so God provides the bread from heaven. So the question for us is twofold. If that manna was bread from heaven, the bread of angels. How much more, when we partake of the Eucharist, do we participate of a great heavenly gift, far greater than the manna? And if we get greater gifts than Israel, do we still complain and test God in our hearts, grumbling and wondering why he lets us suffer if he's God? In other words, what we really are thinking, if God, if we're God, because we want God to answer to us, why do we have to suffer? Let's not put God to the test. He's God. We aren't. We need to trust that what he has in store for us is for our good. Let's put our trust in him and make grumbling dissipate into gratitude. If we can have a heart of gratitude, we'll overcome Israel's temptation of sin with grumbling. May the Lord bless and keep you. A few weeks ago, a viewer of 3-Minute Theology asked me an important question. They asked me, what is the catechism and what role does it play in our lives? Now, this is important because I quote the catechism a lot on here. You may see it referenced as CCC, the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And what is this book? What role does it play in our lives as Catholics? Well, the Roman Catechism, the universal catechism that I quote, gives us a definition of itself. In Catechism paragraph 11, it says that it presents an organic synthesis of the essential and fundamental 
contents of Catholic doctrine. So what does this mean? Basically, what the Catechism does, it presents us with the teaching of the Church in an organic way, in a natural way, and in a way that we can use it to, to look up answers, to teach, to understand better Church teaching. The Catechism is an indispensable tool for us to know more about the Scriptures. If you think about it, you might wonder, why do I need the Catechism when I have the Word of God in the sacred Scripture? Well, remember, everything we know isn't clearly laid out in sacred Scripture. For example, the Trinity. You don't find the word Trinity in sacred Scripture. What the Catechism does is it gathers thousands of years of church teaching, of prayer, of the liturgy of the church, of the writings of the saints, of the writings of the church fathers, those earliest theologians and bishops. It gathers all of this as almost a meditation on the Word of God. The Word of God is greater than just what we find in Scripture. Remember, ultimately, the Word of God is Christ Himself. And so the Catechism doesn't replace sacred Scripture for us. The Catechism helps explain sacred Scripture. It helps us know better this Word of God. Even St. Peter in his letters points out that St. Paul sometimes is hard to understand. If St. Peter found him hard to understand, we find him hard to understand at times too. And so what the Catechism does for us is it compiles, again, thousands of years of church teaching, thousands of years of prayer and meditation and research and study done under the grace of the Holy Spirit so that we can know more about Christ himself. The Catechism reminds us that the goal of all this, of study, of, of this work of, of theology, isn't just to be done for its own sake. But the, role of, the, the purpose of all of this is for love. The Catechism says the whole concern of doctrine and its teaching must be directed to the love that never ends. That's the beauty of the Catechism, is it helps us fall more deeply in love with Christ himself because we learn about him and you can only love what you know. And that's a little theology in three minutes. That was Joan Watson from 3MinuteTheology.com with What is the Catechism? Remember, all these podcast samples are just the beginning of some great Catholic content to be found on the web, and we're here to show you where to find it. This program and all of Catholic Radio Indy's best content are available by simply starting at CatholicRadioIndy.org. Thanks for joining us on Catholic Radio Indy's Lunchtime Podcast Sampler today. I'm Kent Blanford, and until next time, God bless. Did you miss something in this show or just want to hear it again? Podcasts of this and all our other great local programs are available 24-7 at catholicradioindy.org.